You're tuning into Majoring in the Minors Podcast. Join Mahi and Louie for the podcast you deserve, but not the one you need right now. It is what it is, but it isn't what you thought it won't be. So welcome to Majoring in the Minors Podcast, uh, uh, the weird podcast we just talk about random stuff. Who cares? Uh, today, <laughs> we have a dear guest to me, not Louis, because he's not here. Who cares about him? Uh, <laughs> Flavia Russo. Um, Hi, everyone. <laughs> thank you. Hi, Mahan. Hi. Why you called Mahan the Grey? Sorry, that's my first question for your podcast. Oh, wow. Well, well, um, so this is normally where... Oh, God. It's because my nickname is Gandalf. Uh, oh, so I just okay, had that to, makes sense. Yeah, I, I just had to reinforce the idea of I am Gandalf the Great, a.k.a. Martin <laughs> the Great. So that's why we have it there. You, you call me off guard. I'm like, ah, shit. She asked the first question. I was about to ask questions. <laughs> All right, so Flavia, we're going to talk about a couple of uh, interesting stuff, especially like I've always said, people who do know me know that I do not like to work with big charities too much because I never trust where my money goes. But I do work with people who work with charities and like, you know, people that I personally know and you happen to be one of them. So before we get like fully into like the stuff you do with Laugh and everything else, can you just kind of introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself and the type of work you do and what charities you work with sure so I'm Flavia obviously um I have been working like with charities mainly on a voluntary basis um ever since I was in school so it's something that I've always done um I did loads of like fundraising for different charities the sort of like usual thing that you do when you're in school and you know they really want you to get involved in like things to do with social change and things like that um and then as I got older I really like started to see like the impact of me volunteering and working with different charities and so I started to get more um passionate even about um, different social issues and sort of I started to reflect about my role as a citizen and obviously as a student um, in how I could what sort of role and and part I could play in um, sort of you know tackling certain issues or supporting others or finding solutions for um, sustainable solutions for different sort of issues so I decided to go into international relations and history uh, for my undergrad and then I went into international development in emerging economies for my master's and while I was doing that I was also volunteering for different charities so I've, I've done work with immigration, uh, I've done work with refugees um, and then I started to branch out a little bit further and um, do some stuff with um, charities overseas as well. So I would, um, I was collaborating with a charity in Zambia, in Lusaka, which is called the Other Side Foundation, um, which basically helps children in uh, Lusaka, which uh, in the outskirts of Lusaka, which is, is obviously the capital. Um, and we basically provide school um, services and accommodation and food and um, some basic needs as well to that to basically people that obviously need them and then I I started doing more um, sort of fundraising work with them Um, so I was in charge of finding partners to fundraise with and you know like raising money to sustain these local projects and I, as I grew up as well, I realized, like you, how important it was to not really necessarily just collaborate with big charities um, mm. or like charities that are well known. But I started to sort of go down the more local route. So I was really looking to work with people that took a more collaborative approach with their beneficiaries. So instead of, you know, doing just fundraising money for like a a huge charity that has a really, really big, you know, could have a really big sort of impact or like sort of more, more general approach. I really wanted to find charities that helped like with local issues and like, but then also gave local solutions and like more sort of targeted solutions as well that 
could then be more sustainable. So that means working with a charity that doesn't just give money to someone, but actually, you know, tries to, I don't know, bring something more long-term, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> instead of giving them the fish, teaching them how to fish. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, it's a concept that is really important to me. And obviously, I guess, in this sort of um, field as well, you you battle with lots of different concepts that you that come up. So, for example, obviously, you know, concepts like white saviorism and things like... Oh, I know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things like, you know, you again, you're not just giving money. Like, you have to make sure that then that money goes and, and does something truthfully helpful for someone. And, you know, you want to see that sort of impact. And so that's why I decided to then um, carry on working with this these smaller charities um, and, and 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 make sure that their sort of approach was localized and, and collaborative. Um, and off that, then I decided to fund my own charity, which is called Expanding Horizons, to basically support local initiatives. Um, so like the one in, in uh, Zambia, which is the other side foundation, and also more recently with LAF, um, which is latin america foundation for the future which i've started to collaborate with recently um so yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> perfect yeah and like uh if anyone who listens to this follows it we did work with the other side foundation obviously yours expanding horizons and uh so we did last year it was like an educational uh event yeah. um that we ran like a bunch of online lectures uh and recently obviously we did it with like you and i and uh, my clients with the laugh with laugh and uh uh fundraising for latin american children <laughs> that's what yeah. it said <laughs> and that went well like with all the with baking and you know yeah and the working out <laughs> yeah the working out the boxing so it, it was all great uh, I like how you said, like, yeah, at, you, at school you do fundraising stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure, right? I did that. <laughs> uh, of course, of course. Um, <laughs> a couple of things that I wanted, like, obviously, it's always interesting to me because as an immigrant myself, you said you worked with uh, immigrants and refugees. You helped them. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I um, was working with two charities. One was in Kingston. Um, I don't think either of them actually exist anymore, like with the name that I was working with, because I think mm -hmm. they've now, one of them has merged into another one and has like changed. And then the other one is just, I think maybe the other one still is around, but um, I was basically doing a combination of things. So it was mostly refugees. Um, and I, I think they were mostly from Syria, I want to say, because it was mm -hmm. sort of towards the um, beginning of the refugee like crisis from Syria. Yeah. And so I was helping, um, I was doing a little bit of sort of um, teaching English in a way. So like, uh, because obviously they would have, there were a lot of people that came to us were people that were applying for um, their sort of visa or the asylum seeker things. And so we had to teach them um, sort of basics about, um, obviously, because some of them didn't speak English, some of them did, but it, it would depend. Um, or like even just get familiar with the sort of vocabulary that they would need with um, applying for visas and things like that. Um, so I did that a little bit. And then I also, we were sort of doing some initiatives to just integrate them into um, the community. So, and also for them to, you know, be around like other people that had were in a similar situation and sort of like provide them like a builder network for them to be able to to find jobs and you know do basically settle in um in london in the uk and and then with another charity that was based in london i was um it was more of it was like a sort of like a peer scheme so i was like a peer support scheme so mm -hmm. i was partnered with a girl uh, from Ethiopia that uh, was my age and she obviously had just come to London and so she it was sort of a way for her to feel again like integrated in, in the community and again like I would help her with 
I don't like random things like job applications and like school applications and just to see the differences obviously between like how it worked in her country and how it worked in in, in London so it was sort of small things like that that I was doing um so yeah yeah perfect and is it like because at one point you said you said like kind of the driving force for you to get more into this was when you saw the impact of what you had done uh especially at university um like can you make it a little bit tangible for me or like give me like examples of like what are the impacts that like that you were talking about yeah sure so um for example with uh the other side foundation um i was bearing in mind that i've mostly because of COVID, both with the Zambian um, charity and with LAS, I still haven't had the chance to actually go, for example, to to Lusaka or to Peru to see LAF yet, because it is definitely on my plan and in my diary for the next year. So I will be going. But um, for example, as I said, for both charities, um, a big part of my role is doing fundraising. And so like, organizing smaller events or like sort of reaching out to the community and like being able to raise awareness of like the issues that we're trying to tackle and like obviously raise money to sustain um, the solutions that we provide and the services that we provide and so obviously the if you say something tangible obviously actually being able to raise that money mm-hmm. and then see like seeing how it is used and how it does benefit certain people like the beneficiaries obviously is really impactful so for example i was doing some fundraising uh for uh, the other side foundation last i think it was at the beginning of the pandemic and we were raising some money to just basically because obviously the schools were closed but um we still needed to get children to like obviously get food and get even like some sort of um like resources like sort of school materials to them and so like we were raising money for the teachers from the school to basically be able to go around and give them sort of like care packages to Mm -hmm. them and their families and so like and there's obviously we were um the teachers then took pictures and they sent them over to us and like we could see like and I, and I had a little bit of a tear in my eye because it, 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 it's amazing to see how like something that for me is like, you know, I'm not really out there doing it, but I'm still able to help and to like sustain something that is truly helping people. And you can literally physically see the impact of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's amazing. And um, yeah, and obviously I look forward to being able to actually go out there and seeing it like, sort of physically. And yeah tangibly yeah and we're going to talk about that i know you have some exciting stuff coming with coming up with laugh that we'll get into it um but another thing that kind of grabbed my attention and that's why i like i wanted to do the like you know i want to get involved as, as little as i could um is because like it seemed to me that you guys work mainly with children and kids and also like it's you know emphasize on education right i, I think yeah. like that's a big like important part of what you guys do um is there any specific reason that like it's kids and education because like with charities it can go so many different ways but why kids and education so are you why specifically i choose to work with yeah kids and education okay so um that's a really cool like interesting question um and actually i would say that it, it kind of like it sort of kind of just happened but then i think unconsciously like as in subconsciously, um, I... I hope you weren't unconscious. I mean, subconsciously. Yeah, I realized how important it is. So obviously education is like one of the primary human rights. And like I have been very privileged and lucky enough to be able to always have access to education. And I've been able to go to, you know... And, have access to any type of education that I wanted and I have the choice to choose my sort of like educational path and I think that has then opened up a lot of opportunities for me that maybe would have not be possible without education so then like I realized how important it is for every everyone to have access to education and how many obviously like and how it's something that we give 
for granted almost, but um, it's not. And like, there are so many barriers that we don't even imagine because like, we don't even, we're not faced with those. And so like, it's, it, it could be really, really see silly things that we don't even think about. And then there are actually real barriers that impede people from accessing something so sort of, for us so normal, like going to school, you know, or accessing mm. a book even, or like literally even having access to pens and papers and Wi-Fi and anything to write or like learn, you know, or even teachers. So I then, yeah, so I think it's one of the main pillars of then being able to build a, a good life and to be able to then, you know, grow and develop. And obviously I'm not just talking about sort of like academic education I'm also talking about for example sort of value-based education which is something that mm -hmm. is done um, a lot for in um, the other side foundation especially or like even just sort of learning how to create something or like how you can use your if you if you're not someone that you know is driven academically how you can use other type of skills that you may have to then build something with that um, so so yeah, and obviously children are the future. And although I say this as someone that is probably still a child, <laughs> um, I, I think they are. And it's so important to be able to provide and to, to help them get, um, get the opportunity to, you know, like build an amazing life and develop and grow and learn and travel and, you know, create. So yeah, mm -hmm. so I think that's why. Perfect. I really like that answer. Um, and that kind of like brings me back to another question that I had. And that's at some point you talked about um, like working with collaborative charities that like kind of work around uh, to bring sustainable and targeted resolutions, right? Mm -hmm. So now I would like to know what, can you give me a couple of examples of like what is a sustainable resolution? I think it's a good way of starting to talk about laugh your question i think yeah, it, perfect, it yeah. feeds in very well so okay so, yeah so sustainable and targeted solution what i mean like on a general basis is something that is not just generalized so for example let's take the what we're talking about so like access to education um i don't think a like a, a situation where you know we're just trying to focus on access to education okay how are we gonna provide access to education like it's not a general thing unfortunately it's not a, and it's also not something it's not the same thing for different case studies so for example the issues that we have in for in Zambia are not the same to the ones that we have in in Peru they might overlap but obviously you can't just have a general solution for both of the cases you know mm -hmm. so they have the solutions have to really be centered towards local problems and obviously and even locals local sort of ways of solving problems as well so you can't just take you know I can't think of an example right now, but you can't just take a solution from that works in Zambia and just automatically think that it's going to work in Peru. I don't yeah. I'm just obviously using these two case studies as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what's then, what then I think differentiate for me a good charity and a good initiative is have, taking the time to like talk and sort of find solutions with local um, organizations or local people that really understand and have lived the, the issues and mm -hmm. yeah. can can then inform the solutions that um, are going to take place so off of that um, <laughs> laugh <laughs> is segue um, <laughs> so laugh is a um, UK registered charity um, mm -hmm. but it's a charity that works with partner organizations in Peru to help obviously disadvantaged, ch uh, disadvantaged children and young people in the region of Cusco. So in this region, especially there's poverty, family violence, homelessness, teenage pregnancies, um, amongst other factors. And so many children in Peru are lacking opportunities to access basic rights, such as obviously education. Um, which then leads to equal participation in society. And so through their collaborative approach, they partner with 
local organizations to reach out to these children and to other young people and help them build a brighter future for themselves. So they specifically give tools and skills um, and offer services that will enable these children to get training, which is either educational or vocational, um, and just overall support for um, certain sectors of society in Cusco that is marginalized or needs specific sort of um, help. And so they partner with four types of organizations specifically, and all of these four organizations tackle different aspects of the barriers that uh, children and young people have to entering education. So, for example, we have uh, the Azul Wazi Association, which provides um, home and family environment for young and adolescent boys uh, who have been abandoned or who run away um, or who have harder um, situations at home and they can't live uh, with their families. So the Azul Wazi Association provides them accommodation, food, um, healthcare, and just basically brings them in a in an environment that is loving and accepting and, and understanding and so that they can then carry on with their school and pursue their education. Um, another uh, organization that LAF closely works with is Casa Montanay, which is similar to the Azula Was Association in that it provides um, an environment that is uh, caring and loving and it's almost like a safe house um, so they provide literally food and shelter and education for young mothers um, there's a lot of teenage pregnancies and because of different aspects of you know like sexual abuse or you know lack of even sexual education but then also you know sort of different dynamics that interlink and so Casa Montanay offers them training opportunities and educational opportunities um, and helps them to basically generate jobs um, so that they can live uh, a strong, independent uh, life as independent members of society um, who are capable of taking care of themselves and their children. Um, then another partner that LAF works with is the Sacred Valley Project, um, which aims to provide access to education to indigenous girls in the highlands of Peru which is super interesting because again, obviously here is just another example of how something like, for example, geography um, and sort of the geographic layout of a country um, can be beneficial, but also can be um, a barrier to accessing education. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's a really interesting case here because obviously like there's different things that maybe we wouldn't even consider for example literally having transport from the sort of Peruvian highlands to get to the locations of where schools are and stuff so um, Sacred Valley Project basically provides girls with materials and resources that they need to attend school um, and to be able to um, access schooling and so that they can also pass um, all their grades and be able to carry on um, with that edu education and actually, so a very interesting um, aspect of this as well is that uh, SVP is actually going to open uh, another dorm and another facility um, so that we can then reach out and uh, be able to sort of help more girls than we are now. So it's, it's going to reach out to more beneficiaries, which is, which is great. And that's also partly because of the uh, funding that we have raised from the different fundraisers that we've done throughout the Christmas period, which is great. Um, and then finally, we have Moscoy, which focuses its attention on Peru's indigenous um, Quechua community and gives these marginalized people a voice. Um, so they help uh, the Quechua people to preserve their culture and also um, basically integrate and sort of uh, be able to, um, I, I guess, grow um, to the to a modern Peru, and so they they have a variation of educational pro uh, programs, enterprisal programs as well, um, so that they can erase out of poverty and have a better quality of life. Um, 
yeah so it's these are the kind of targeted uh, mm. sort of solutions and uh, supports that I uh, that I mean when when I say <laughs> localized support because they really you know go and explore specific issues in yeah. that community or like in in the country um, they picked like the because uh, it's very interesting and like because you even alluded towards like helping the indigenous people preserve their culture but also like because we're going through education and everything else and like they have to kind of also change towards a modern peru so like this duality or the, this difference you wouldn't know about it unless you're there like you know, honestly, yeah. no. Like this is an issue. Like that, in, indigenous people will face. Not necessarily, yeah. Not necessarily change, but find ways of, I guess, integrating, integrating. Their, the, yeah, their culture and like keeping, obviously, that preserving their mm -hmm. culture and their traditions, but being able to still sustainably, um, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, integrate in in a more modern society, in yeah. a more modern. Yeah. Like a modernized society will always have it would always incur some sort of changes to like the the way you're gonna do things, but also like as you said, the important part is preserving your culture as well. Um that was amazing. Like that I'm not gonna try and say the four different names that you used, uh, like <laughs> Azu's uh something, but uh so family environment for uh young boys. Uh, safe shelter for young mothers and especially like as you said educating them and then the two other parts working with indigenous girls and like indigenous uh, cultures and societies to kind of preserve their uh, preserve I said culture twice preserve their culture mm -hmm. again but um, now my question is this all sounds very nice but I want to know uh, if you can give me examples of first rewarding parts of working with laugh, but also not so rewarding parts or like frustrating parts uh, or not just with laugh, like doing what you do. Like there's always yeah, going to be with... uh, like positives and negatives. So can you give me a couple of examples? Okay. Yes, sure. Okay. So positive. Actually, no, I'll start with a negative first so that we can sort of, Ended with yeah. a good note. Yeah. Go into yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so positive it's um <laughs> I mean negative. It's okay, you're unconscious, it's fine. <laughs> um negatives. So I would definitely say of working in the sort of charity sector in general, um it is it can be quite a slow process, as in you don't see um results i guess straight away and you really have to have a lot of patience and you know it, it's such a like uh obviously you're dealing with social issues really like that's the core of charity work you're trying to uh, for me anyway like help find a way to address and tackle different social issues yeah so it can be it's, it's such a fragile thing in a sense because for example then you can be doing amazing work and you know get getting so many results but then something like the pandemic comes along which obviously like has impacted so many people on so many levels and you know i think probably every everyone has been impacted realistically but then you see how like something like that can completely then you need to completely shift everything and change everything and and consider challenges that you've did not consider before and sort of go back on things that you thought that you had sort of not necessarily resolved but sort of could take control over and then there's so many new issues that come up so um it's yeah that that's definitely like a very hard thing to have to to deal with in a way um and then obviously also being for me personally what a really hard thing that I've had to like sort of face is also understanding the privilege that I have um mm. in comparison to other situations and so like then understanding how I can then be able to use that to then you know contribute to, to finding solutions that are realistic that are 
sustainable and you know that that work um and also the different realities that you're faced and again I haven't had the chance to you know be able to go there but like I think they teach you so much but they're probably they're also quite hard to like understand properly and unless mm. you, you 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 go there and you you see um so yeah so I think that is a combination of hard things about mm. working with um and obviously that is the same for anything so not just because obviously like a specific charity works in another country like obviously that's just going to be a different reality but even a different experience so I don't know you know like if you work with victims of like child abuse for example like that's a whole other reality that can happen anywhere and so that you have to face that as well and I think um having that sort of confrontation is is quite hard um mm. and it's something that I've had to learn to like yeah I guess I don't want to say deal with but like to us I, I didn't yeah to like understand and like take also the emotional aspect out of it and like yeah, yeah. um but then positive things are obviously the sort of other side of this which is like as I said before um that literally every little helps and I know that sounds like the Tesco advert but it's true <laughs> and um it, it's true because like literally something that could mean not a lot to to someone can then mean a lot to someone else mm. um and it could make a difference and so I think being able to do that um is really good is is really like rewarding um and then also you get to, I think for me the most important thing is that you get to understand and you get to like have a new perspective on how different things work and how different society works and how different cultures work and how different people think and how like they react to different challenges or find different solutions and it's it's amazing because I just constantly learn so much obviously and it's a it's a constant sort of learning curve and a, a constant openness to new new everything new as, as I said new cultures new new realities new like people traditions yeah. yet ways of thinking and, and, and you just get to do that and also yeah you get to meet so many amazing people which is great so mm-hmm. um, I've worked yeah. with amazing people such as myself <laughs> of course yeah, of course <laughs> No, but you're, you're really, you're right, especially like, you know, I, I like the part that you said, uh, one of like the eye-opening aspect of it, right? Because I always say there's a difference between understanding something and fully comprehending it. Because like you can understand fire burns and I can tell you exact details and describe the pain in so many different variations, get a poet to write something about it, but you will not comprehend it until you burn yourself, right? So that's the same idea of like, you can know and understand these things, but you have to be there and kind of like see from uh, up close and personal, like the things that actually affect the people to kind of, and you still might not fully comprehend it, but at least you'll have like a little bit of better understanding. And I think- Which is why- the sort of a collaborative approach is the key to all of this really because there is no one that in any situation there is really no one that knows better or like knows more or you know than anyone else it's just different ways of tackling different things I think exactly and so working together at the end of the day is what's going to make an actual difference and I think that's that sort of approach is so important and so mm-hmm. key in um, charity work and nonprofit work. So, yeah, as opposed yeah. to, as you said, like white saverism, where it's like, exactly. I know this works and I'm just like, I'm here to help you. Uh, but speaking of like kind of being in the like the belly of the beast, uh, that, that's not a good analogy for this. Uh, but being getting up close and personal, I know that you're kind of excited and you're it's in the works. Uh, for you to actually travel and go to Peru, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I'm really excited because hopefully, um, I this year if there's no more pandemics <laughs> <laughs> and traveling is normal again. Um, I will actually be able to go and um, yeah, and 
have a, a role where I'm more sort of obviously on the field and actually um, volunteering on the field is something that I've obviously I really want to do and I think it's really important um, especially because I will be sort of doing some of the like communication work for laugh as well so I'll be writing some of their like blog posts and like their newsletter posts as well to to really see how the work that laugh does um, impacts the beneficiaries and so I'll actually be able to go and like talk to different to the different partners that we have and mm. the children the children um, and get their opinion and their um, feel of what how everything is working and so I think that's really really exciting and really good and also we'll be able to show us how how everything is working and what's going well and what we can improve on and what um, is working what's not working and also share their stories which is obviously something that is super important um and so yeah it, it will definitely be very exciting and hopefully i'll get to travel around latin america because you know that i'm <laughs> obsessed with the culture the food the music especially <laughs> oh. and everything and so it's going to be yeah an amazing opportunity which mm. also um i just wanted to mention that if anyone who listens is interested in volunteering on site um, there's actually an application um, form on Laugh's website, which I'm sure we can share um, yeah. somehow. <laughs> so it would be great to get people on board and, yeah, to get different people on board and we can then come together and, and work and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll yeah do good we'll put the i'll put the link in the show notes and also like i'll probably just, uh, put it on top of the episode when i share it on social media and then you can share reshare and share as well uh and anyone well at the end we'll go through it as well if anyone has any questions they can reach out to you and if they want they can reach out to me and i'll like direct them to you uh yeah, with further questions yeah. yeah and speaking of your obsession with the culture like it, it's Yes, I can see it because like you can just be like talking and the accent is normal, accent is normal. And then when it, it gets to Peru, it's like, I don't know how you say it, but it's just like it's a very uh, Peru. Yeah, it's like it goes with the accent, uh, just changes. So I, I love that. That's quite interesting to me. Um, R is R. Well, R is R. That's perfect, right? Perfect English. Uh, are there any other uh projects that you're working on with laugh at the moment like any new projects new upcoming projects that you can tell us a little bit about um yeah unless it's confidential (laughs) i just asked (laughs) something that you're not meant to talk about then we can Um, ignore it do you mean like sort of projects with like Like found any new fundraising or anything else any new fundraising okay um so not at the moment i'm not i don't have a fundraiser planned like close but Mm. as in like within the next couple of weeks but um obviously as you should know and as you should remember um and i hope all our listeners remember as well (laughs) I, the only reason I remember on is because March mine is 12th. after you. <laughs> yes, March 12th. On March 12th, it's my birthday. So for my birthday, I um, like to do a little fundraiser um, for the charity that I'm working with for, for that sort of period. And so this year, it's obviously going to be laugh. And so mm. I want to be, I want to do a fundraiser. Um for sure still everything everything needs to like be organized and I don't know what kind of fundraiser it's gonna be um but you may or may not want to be involved <laughs> um so so yeah definitely for, uh, I'm planning on doing um something soon um and and yeah and then we'll see but then obviously if anyone after hearing this is interested in donating and or is interested as i said in in sort of collaborating with us and offering uh, a service that could help us um there's always the chance to do that on laugh's website which again we will link 
Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> or also get in touch with me if you want to do something a little bit more long term as well. Um, we can definitely, I'm sure we can have a, a conversation about it. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, so now anyone who listened to that, uh, remember the charity, but forget that the 12th is our birthday. And remember <laughs> the more important birthday, which is the 16th of March. And it's yours is truly birthday. That's too many apostrophe S's for that sentence. Uh, but yeah, and, and I will be doing a uh, my own foundation, probably still working with Flavia. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah obviously we'll, yeah, we'll get something done and um i think they can just find laugh like l-a-f-f -F. if they it, i mean we'll link it but if anyone if you're listening and right now you want to find it you can yeah, just if go you through. type in google laugh charity it comes up like yeah, l-a-f-f -F charity, but l-a-f-f yeah. -F, not laugh at charity don't do that <laughs> <laughs> not very good i'm assuming um but yeah, that's like a, a lot of the questions that I had. And uh, I'm glad you kind of covered everything that I was kind of, I wanted to go through. And we've said it like I have, you know, I'm just going to like complain now because you remember, like I have this issue that I don't kind of don't understand why people do this is I could put out a course. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be complaining. We've had such a good note, but I'm going to go there anyways because it's me. Uh, I put out a course and like people will buy it and like, you know, pay me the money, like pay me their money to teach them something. And then I can say the same thing, but I'll be like, oh, the money instead of me goes to a charity. And sometimes people get a little bit disheartened. And I and, you know, I've complained to you a lot about this. But why do you think that is? Why do you think we have this innate thing? Because for me, maybe it's the idea of like I told you, I, that's why I don't like big charity because I don't know where my money goes. So it kind of seems like a like a like a waste or I'm like kind of be like something's pulling something over my ears or eyes I don't know the expression but someone's fooling me um so why, why do you think that is or do, do you feel that as well or is it just me um no yeah I mean it is definitely challenging to to fundraise like it, it can be and I don't know. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out why it is that like sometimes doing fundraising for charities is a little bit more like complicated than, for example, I guess, getting people to pay for a course, yeah. um, like you were saying. And I think that there might be like different reasons in the sense that like, I don't think it's obviously I don't think it's malicious the majority <laughs> of the time like I don't think people are like oh no it's just charity whatever obviously but um I think it might have to do with sort of what you were saying about you know like it's harder with maybe some big charities to be able to see where the money goes and how your money makes a difference but um I think with so it, maybe people are a bit more reluctant if they don't really know the charity, if they don't know how really they're gonna, their contribution is gonna make an impact. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe then, whereas for example, if you're comparing it to like a course that you'd put out, like they know that they're paying for you to do something for them, you know? Yeah. Whereas with a charity, I think it's a little bit obviously of a different concept. And so like, they might be a little bit more reluctant to like I don't know give money to something that they're not 100% informed about mm -hmm. I guess yeah. which I think is why it's so important for charities to get their message out and get really show how they're working and what they're doing um, and obviously for that to be concrete evidence that then people um, that give money can actually see okay this is like where my money is going and like how it's being used and how it's benefiting the beneficiaries um so yeah so i guess that's probably the main thing i would say yeah and do you think it's also like i don't know because as i was just thinking about it like if i'm putting something out there it's just like there is a face of like this is the person's doing this thing but whereas like the charity can that kind of can be this anonymous or faceless organization like 
on a smaller scale, maybe having like, that's why I, I always say like, I care, like I'll work with charities that I know someone works. Cause I think I'm attaching myself to that. Like it's the person that representing that. That's yeah. That's interesting. And I think I'm not sure to be honest, because like on the one hand, smaller charities, like, I guess, especially obviously if you know someone that like works for them, you're then, or volunteers or collaborates with them obviously it's easier like it's it makes it more personal Mm -hmm. but then also because it's smaller no let me put it this way because if if a charity is bigger and is more internationally or widely recognized then you'd feel just because of its name and like because it's it's known that it's more corporate yeah I, I guess it's more um like more real what they what like more impactful just because the mm-hmm. size is big just because it's known but it, it's not necessarily like that obviously mm-hmm. so yeah I, I don't know it's but it then also like it, it's a question of obviously about credibility as well and just like yeah being I think for me obviously it's a little bit different because I I guess I'm in the sector so like I would (laughs) like for me my main thing is obviously something that is like very transparent and like accountable and and does things in a certain way so yeah I I don't know I guess it it really depends it's such a sort of gray area in a way because it's yeah. something like it is part of the challenge of fundraising you know like getting people to, to <laughs> convince them like that's the main thing yeah so it's you know i guess if i if i was able to answer those questions it would be a lot easier <laughs> to, yeah. to fundraise. But have it, a solution. it's obviously yeah it's obviously a, a very interesting and i think it's it's something that we always have to um think about and um yeah and consider and so yeah mm-hmm. perfect and like to bring this to an end on a high note i was i was gonna ask you like do you have any personal favorite memories or like something that just like puts a smile on your face when you think about it working either with um, other side foundation or with laugh or like all 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 the other like fundraisers that you've done is there a memory or a moment that sticks out to you? Um, when you put me on the spot and I have to... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> tell, I could talk in front of people about what we... No, I'm joking. Yeah. I mean, it makes me smile because you don't tell me that I have to do that. I'm <laughs> 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 like, oh, yes, I mean... No, I'm joking. Um, I mean, just... I think the, the, like, sort of going off that, like, being able to share with people um like what we do and the sort of initiatives that we have um and the the impact of our work as well is obviously amazing because it sort of reminds you like of what you're doing and then also uh, of the amazing work that so many people are doing and also that um i guess people like in general really no matter where you're from what your background is where you come from you you can work with other people and do and and you know do good for society and for the community around you and I think create like long-lasting positive change which I think at the end of the day is what we all want and what we should all for me thrive to to achieve um as a, a global community and so I think being part of that um, for me is is amazing and, and does really put a smile on my face. <laughs> I like that. And for anyone else who wants to know what she was alluding to earlier is what I did was kind of akin to pushing her into the deep end of the swimming pool. Like I just put her on the spotlight without her being ready. But she was ready and she did it she, just like now. Uh, I tried to throw a curveball, but she still managed to give a very beautiful answer. Uh, thank you so much for that. Any closing statements? Anything um, that you want to say? Um, 
but just um I guess if anyone I don't know if you if you do this sorry my cat is just being really noisy they're scratching the the carpet so I don't know if you can hear the noise but um I don't know if you do this but I was gonna say that if anyone is interested in having like a obviously as I said getting involved with either laughs the other side foundation or even um helping me with my uh own birthday charity no i was gonna <laughs> say charity so with expanding horizons and you know like um yeah just getting involved um it would be amazing and obviously they can contact you or me and you know we can have a chat yeah. about that but then also if anyone is interested in having a conversation about sort of concepts like I guess sustainable solutions or like white saviorism or um, I don't know different challenges and barriers that charities as a whole face like it would Mm -hmm. be amazing and that would be super interesting and I'm always very very open and like willing and wanting to learn about different like different people's opinions and thoughts and about mm-hmm. the, this kind of conversation so yeah i don't know if yeah. you ever want to have a conversation about it let me know absolutely we're actually when you said that immediately i was like okay we need a, a second episode to talk about white saviorism like yeah. that's one thing i want to get into so and i'll we'll do another episode definitely on that too because i think that'd be a very good we're in very interesting conversation uh, yeah, to say definitely yeah and yeah normally but you you said it but normally we ask uh, whoever listens to this even though we don't we have thousands of imaginary listeners and like five actual listeners but we do <laughs> we do ask to like kind of plug yourself in at the end and be like where they can find you and things like that so i know uh where can people find you again i'll put this in the show notes as well but like if they want to reach out to you um well they can find me on my email <laughs> Sweet. I, mean, I don't know do I, need, do I give phone numbers i mean if no i meant like social media like obviously i know like yeah, laugh as um, a social media and, uh... yeah so uh let me just get so my uh social my instagram page for my charity okay yes. so it's expanding horizons underscore charity um that is my instagram page for um expanding horizons obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> and i will also give you laughs if i am able to find it so just give me one second and laugh is easy so it's just um laugh so l-a-f-f charity mm-hmm. that's the username um no spaces and and then yeah i'll give you my email if you actually i'll give you my expanding horizons email if you want to have like get in contact with me about anything like that and so it's expanding underscore horizons at hotmail.com perfect but yeah with that uh, thank you so much for joining us on majoring in minors thank you very much for having me and if you are interested in having a conversation about you know white saviorism i'm totally up for it oh yeah we'll definitely very interesting that definitely is going to happen. Uh, with that, thank you, anyone who listens to Measuring in the Minus. As usual, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your grandparents, uh, tell the guy at work who's kind of weird and he needs some hobby, or the girl, I don't know. Just tell anyone. And see you guys later.